What's going on, everybody? Welcome on back to On Texas Football Weekend Edition. We're going to be diving into a number of different opportunities and options that Texas will have to really kind of punish de uh, defenses this year in terms of the offensive side of the ball, personal groupings, uh, the, the playmakers that they have at their disposal now. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun for Quinn Ewers, Steve Sarkeesian, that offense, and for us getting to watch that uh, high-flying offense as we anticipate. But first, I mean, man, Saturday's here. I know it's it's super sunny outside in Austin right now. I'm excited. Jerry, how's the road been? You've been all over the place. Yeah, I've been, I was on the road a little bit this week. Went to a track meet uh, on Saturday uh, out in the Humble uh, area. Had a bunch of guys, Texas targets, uh, Nick Townsend, uh, DeCaney, Tanook Hines, Zion Williams. I mean, uh, Ryan Foji committed to Oklahoma, was throwing the shot put. So there's a lot of talent, some young kids. Uh, 2026 offensive lineman at Colleen Shoemaker that's got mm. a chance, it looks like. Uh, so number of, uh, I would guess, probably 20 future Division One football players at this track meet uh, when mm. I was there, and I'm sure there was more that, uh, you know, were under a tent asleep until they ran in the late afternoon. Hey, that's what I'd be doing in this weather. It feels like no better than, you know, just in your in your bedroom at home. So uh, I'm excited for this one because it's a lot of fun. You know, obviously I had that article earlier earlier this week on ontexasfootball.com, just kind of, you know, theorizing or hypothesizing about where these guys will be lined up in Sarkeesian's offense. Spring ball is now about 22, 23 days away uh, from kicking off. So we'll finally get the first idea of yeah. where these guys will be used in Sark's offense going into 2024. But uh, Jerry, first, I want to hear, you know, what you kind of think the base personnel grouping will be and who will be on the field for Texas in their base look. Yeah, I think uh, one back, uh, C.J. Baxter. Um, I, he started last year. I think he's going to start this year. Um, obviously, Jonathan Brooks not being the starter once Baxter got hurt and really came on, right? But uh, let's just say C.J. Baxter – um, gunner helmet tied in, right? Um, and then and then you get into that wide receiver spot, which is interesting uh, because starting does matter to guys, uh, no matter if they say it or not, if they tow the uh, company line or not. Obviously, Isaiah Bond's going to be a starter. I think Matthew Golden's a starter. Um, Silas Bolden's not here for spring, so mm -hmm. this is the opportunity for Jonte Cook for DeAndre Moore. Uh, maybe Ryan Nibble, who probably needs a little more time. But let's just say Silas Bolden is the starting slot receiver uh, because it looks like Steve Sarkeesian really attacks speed and, and pushing that scheme vertically as much as possible in the offseason headed into uh, uh, first year in the SEC. So let's go with Bolden in the slot, uh, Bond and Matthew Golden on the outside. I think receivers four or five will be Jonte Cook and, and Ryan Wingo. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And it, you mentioned the speed and obviously Sarkeesian's affinity to, you know, getting speed on the field. We saw it at Alabama. We've seen it at previous stops. Obviously, last year, the first guy uh, that we think about all the time when it comes to Texas wide receivers is Xavier Worthy and what he brought to the field. I kind of came up with, you know, a fun little grouping of guys that if Texas really wanted to go fast and put, you know, put the pedal to the metal here and just oh, yeah. really put defenses in a bind, they have the pieces to do it. They could do it at uh, wide receiver, obviously. Tight end is now a spot where the addition of Amari Nyblack, you can toss him in the field and say, all right, go deep, you know, yeah. and, and it'll put defenses in tough spots. Jaden Blue was, you know, uh, one of those guys who had one of the fastest ball carrying times from the 2023 season as well. I'm looking at a group right now where if Texas really wanted to go fast, there might be a guy with 10-5 speed on the bench yeah. in Ryan Wingo. Yeah. And so the group that I had there is uh, Jaden Blue, Isaiah Bond, uh, Jonte Cook, Silas Bolden, and Amari Nyblack. And I think right there you're kind of putting defenses in a spot where 
it doesn't matter what how many guys you drop because that speed is going to be almost impossible to guard. Yeah, I so I, I, one of the things I look at is Jatavion Sanders is a good down the field threat at tight end, but he wasn't. He's a tick and a half slower than in Nyblack. I mean, we're I'll be interested to see what Sanders runs, but let's just say he runs four six eight four seven, right? Um, he may even run four seven two four seven three, depending. These guys have been training for forty, so obviously That's they're right. going to pass at times. But Nyblack's going to be in the mid four fives. So, I mean, that is a big difference at the tight end position. I mean, that's a different healthy respect for a defensive coordinator. Like, whoa, this guy now, he can race down the seam uh, and be a, be an issue. And then you have a guy like Bond, okay? He can – I think what Sarkeesian's going to do, if, if you're one of the guys who's not the – who's not the guy that Sark's going to stretch the field vertically with to really spread teams out. And when I say spread teams out, I'm talking spread them out vertically versus horizontally. Then your guys that catch the ball on the move in the short and intermediate game should have a lot of opportunities next season. Um, So Silas Bolden, Jontae Cook, I'm looking at these guys, Matthew Golden and a little bit because he's almost like a running back after the catch as far as leg strength, not built like one, but those guys I think are going to have crazy opportunities yeah. uh, in 2024, and it's going to make Texas so tough to defend. But to your point, uh, if you want to go a true NASCAR offense, and normally NASCAR is tempo, but I'm talking NASCAR speed, you know, you could put Ryan Wingo out there with yeah. Isaiah Bond and Nye Black and Jaden Blue and Silas Bolden, and then you're sitting there saying, okay, um, somebody's not in the 4 by 100 Okay, somebody's got the alternate of that group, and it's Which not is crazy. That, that's, that's a crazy, crazy thing to look at. If you could put a, you could put a, a legitimate four by one hundred meter relay team out there, and all those guys run ten five, ten six, then you really have an offense that's going to scare defensive coordinators today. Absolutely, I, I liked what you said about Amari Nye Black in the tight end spot because I think we saw it earlier in Sark's tenure here when he brought in Jalil Billingsley. He likes yeah. those tight ends that can, you know, create downfield issues. You know, yeah. the, the inline blocking, we can work on that a little bit. Uh, but I think you're starting to see that a little bit more in recruiting as well. You know, Jordan Washington has that ability to go make big plays down the field. He actually has a little bit more of a history inline blocking as well in high school. But then you look further down the line with Emory Winston in 2025, and you're like, you know, this guy averaged probably 17, 18 yards of catch in high school last year. He can make the plays down the field. How important is that in terms of creating mismatches down the field at the tight end spot? We saw it, you know, this past year with Jatavian Sanders, but like you said, that speed necessarily wasn't his greatest strength, being that physical mismatch was. Yeah, so I I, I equate it to basketball in a way too, okay? Basketball has come to a – offensive basketball at the highest level, right, is about being able to space a floor to give everybody room to operate. So your big guy who's a stretch four that can shoot it stretches that f- floor spacing, maximizes that floor spacing. If you have a tight end like a Nye Black, there's rare. Those guys are rare. This is why I think tight end position is actually going to be better next year than it was this year. And that's saying something. Now, Helm's a year Crazy. older. But Nye Black is like the pick-and-pop four-man in the NBA. That yep. creates unbelievable field spacing. We'll call it field spacing. To where Sark can stress you vertically and he can stress you horizontally. And what else that does is that's going to take a rusher away out of the box, in my opinion. So teams are going to be faced with a decision. They're going to be like, all right, 
We're going to bring the extra guy, and we got to get home before these downfield routes can develop. But if yeah. you can't get home, if, if so, this is what will tell the story. If you see Texas, Sark has ultimate faith in his offensive line from a pass protection standpoint to protect Quinn, to give his down the field routes time to develop, then you'll know Sark thinks he has something special next year. Bottom yeah. line. It, it, it's exciting again to to sit back and kind of daydream about the potential of this offense. And, you know, I wanted to stick with the tight ends because it's yep. a group that, uh, you know, gets overshadowed a little bit by the additions in the wide receiving room. Uh, but I wanted to bring in the, the running backs as well. You know, we saw Texas go to that two back yep. uh, kind of pony package as Rod, Rod called it in the Washington game. We know that he likes going to two tight end formations as well in the middle of the season with Helm and Sanders. When you look at how many possibilities and combinations of guys that you can throw into a two-back and a two-tight end set, which one might be a little bit more difficult for defenses in your eyes? I think I think the pony package is always difficult if you have the the talent at running back, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I, I think that's a tougher I think that's a tougher tax defensively to make decisions on personnel. I, I really think that stresses a defense in a different way. And if you have two different styles of backs, both those guys can catch the football. And you see C.J. Baxter in a blocking role, right? But I think that can put a different stress on a defense from a personnel standpoint um, to where you can kind of really play with pre-snap motion uh, in that pony package. And you can really get some favorable wide receiver matchups in that pony package as well. I like that a lot for Texas. But I think the, thing, the, the key to remember with Sarkeesian, He's going to be multiple. He wants to present it all because the last thing he wants to do is for a defensive coordinator to get comfortable yeah, right. with Absolutely. playing Texas. That is his goal is to keep a defensive coordinator uncomfortable. That's number one. That's the goal. And if he can achieve that goal, um, and you know, Kalen DeBoer did that up until Michigan last year uh, because they ran the pin and pull action, right? In Absolutely. the run game. So they had outside run game. They slid the pocket for Penix, and then they had all that vertical ability with long limbs at wide receiver. Yep. So a defensive coordinator could never get comfortable playing Washington. And it's different with Sark, but he's going – that's what he's headed to. That's what he ideally wants. Any offensive coordinator ideally wants is do not get comfortable playing me. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, and we saw how difficult it was throughout the entire season, obviously, to defend that. Uh, there was one other topic here. You know, you talk about the two-back, the two-tight end. In a way, last year, there was a one-and-a-half-back situation right. with Texas. When they would throw Keelan Robinson in the field, you know, most times he would line up outside of the backfield, and he'd just be that guy motioning around in motion when the snap occurred. I think Silas Bolden has been, you know, pinned into that oh, yeah. role a little bit. But he is more of a natural wide receiver. You know, he does uh, come off of a season at Oregon State last year where he had 750 receptions and over 50 catches. Like, this guy is a true down-the-field threat at 5'8". He can stretch the field vertically and make plays in contested spaces. Uh, what's interesting to me is how Texas will use him. 
Because yeah. we won't get that idea in the spring ball with him not being on campus. Last year at Oregon, he lined up at 83% of his snaps out wide. So only about 16 17% were in the slot or in the backfield. I think you're going to see Texas use him a little bit more closer to the ball where they can use him in orbit motion, jet yeah. motion in front of the quarterback as well. And that will just be, again, a little, uh, a little you know, twist and, and wrinkle that they can throw into opposing. Uh, oh, CJ, and by the way, in that pony package, it wouldn't be a shock to see him in the backfield. I'm right there with you because that was one of Sarkeesian's biggest staples whenever he first came to this job. They talked about what he wants to do in his offensive philosophy, get his playmakers the ball in space. He saw it immediately with Bijan. If you want to get really fast, you throw out a pony package with Baxter and Silas Bolden, yeah. and then you're not taking a wide out off the field. That's yeah. when you want to go hyper fast in a power package. I think I think Rod Babers would love that offense. Yeah, no, that that, that haven't flipped over in his chair a little bit with the excitement of the possibility of that. Uh, but Jared, this leads me to my my last question here. And we know Texas had a great year in 2023. They had they're sending four guys to the NFL draft from the playmaking side of things. When you don't include Jonathan Brooks, you add him in there, you got five. A lot of guys right there with a lot of experience, production, the accolades are there. But you start looking at this group. And you start thinking about, again, the possibilities, but obviously the production and the experience that is coming into this room. Yeah. Is there a chance that, you know, by December we're sitting back thinking, well, that was the best group that Texas has ever had under Sarkeesian when it comes to the offensive playmaking group? I actually think it will be. Um, and, and that's not a knock on on last year's team. They went to the college football playoff. But I'm a firm believer that Nye Black is going to be more of a threat. And I'm not saying he's going to have as many catches is Jatavion Sanders. There's going to be more weapons on the field. I think he's going to be a bigger downfield threat. Um, I think Bolden, and I think Jordan Whittington was a heck of a good football player. He had leadership. He was tough. Texas is going to have to replace a lot of things he does, but Texas will also put a more explosive player on the field. I mean, and that's where things get scary. And here's the other thing is Ryan Wingo, you know, Jontae Cook really wasn't ready from a mental standpoint last year to be to tr be trusted in key situations on a team competing to go to the playoff that he he should take that step. Yep. Ryan Wingo comes in and is ahead of where Jonte was from the mental side of picking up the offense and in the trust factor of being able to execute the motions and everything pre-snap. Uh then I, I don't have any doubt this offense is going to be scarier than last year. The other thing, CJ uh, center backsters in year two, Jaden Blue's in year three, right? Yeah. I mean, Trey Wisner's in year two. The game uh, should Gunner slow Helm, down. Gunner Helm is year four. Nye Black's year three. I mean, these guys are really experienced players now on offense. Last year, there was a little more inexperience around Quinn at times outside of the wide receiver position. I mean, center backsters a freshman running back, right? And then when Jonathan Brooks goes down, that was Jaden Blue's first true action of his career. Let's be real. He'd been in games. And it's, it started off slowly because he yeah. did have that fumble against Wyoming, and it felt like he wasn't necessarily trusted after that. It yeah. took a long time for him yeah. to get back in that groove. So you got guys that are more confident than they've ever been um, on a team with an experienced offensive line around them. I, I think it's going to be a more explosive offense this year. Now, the key is, Within the staple of what Sark wants to do, 
it, he's not going to go NASCAR. He's not going, you know, he's not just going to go tempo all the time and throw everything out. He's always done to be successful. That's not what's going to happen. It's going to be inside zone run, right? I mean, they're, they're, this team is being built to compete in the SEC, not in the Pac-12. And that's something to remember. Well, it was the Pac-12. But th- this is a line of scrimmage league, and you have to be good up front. And if you're good up front and you have your staple in the run game, right, and everything else blossoms around that, and even if you start pass to set up a run, it's you're truly starting with, and you got to be able to run the football to close out games. Definitely. And so it starts up front, and it starts with that inside zone run. And if that's really good, if that continues to be a staple of your offense in the run game, then that makes everything else tougher to defend. And on top of that, you get four out of five starters a year ago back on the offensive line, all of which now older as well. Uh, if you're Quinn Ewers, you have to be sitting around thinking, I'm in one of, if not the best positions for any quarterback in the country. Not only with oh, continuity. Yeah, CJ, think about this. To your point, didn't mean to cut you off, but you just brought up a thought I had. So next year, he's going to look in his tied in room. And remember, last year, going into the year, Texas was eight and five the year before. This year he looks at a tight end room and say, wait, Gunnar Helm and Nyblack played in the playoffs last year. Isaiah Bond played in the playoff last year. Um, Matthew Golden, he did not, but he torched us. Silas Bolden was a big playmaker. C.J. Baxter and Jaden Blue played in the college football playoff. Four offensive linemen started in a college football playoff. That's a big difference for Quinn Ewers when he looks in his huddle. The other one has a top 25 start on his his one resume as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a much more experienced, big game experienced offense this year than it was a year ago heading into 2023. No, I think that's a great point. And it's, again, it's exciting. And with spring ball just over three weeks away, you know, we're starting to get closer to finally seeing how Sarkeesian's going to deploy all these guys on the field. Because like you said, I think this ceiling is very high. And we're, we're coming off of a team in 2023 where we saw a lot of big plays from the big stars on the on the roster. And if Texas can duplicate that again, starting with Quinn Ewers, it's going to be very, very difficult, if not impossible, for opposing defenses to figure out where to attack this Texas defense because, again, there's just so many pieces there. Yeah. So, it, again, we'll, we'll, we'll get more and more updates as uh, we get closer to spring spring ball. But thank you for joining us today on this, uh, this weekend edition of On Texas Football. And we'll have more updates coming in, recruiting, uh, team, everything around uh, spring football coming in uh, on On Texas Football this weekend and moving into the spring football season as well. So uh, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm CJ Vogel. And thank you very much for joining us. See you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.